again, sorry about that. It's definitely a really good topic today. So we um, want to make sure it's right. And then it'll also be, we'll have um, our podcast with it. Just adding Mark into it. Send the request through Mark. Thank you. There we go. Go live with Mark adding in. Mark, how are you going? All righty. Take two. Hey, big topic today. We're going to be screwed in. We're stuffed in three or four years if we don't have some buildings. We're out yes. of buildings. We're out of buildings. Quick, build and them. And no one's building. No one's building before they fall down. That's no, bad. Okay, so Michael, um, we warmed up nicely previously. The um, What's the topic here? Yeah, so the topic is, there was an article a couple of days ago basically saying building approvals for Sydney are down 40%. So that's not really a today's problem because the pipeline, as we'll say, uh, is about three to four years from buying the land, getting it approved and then building it. But it is a today's problem because this, it needs to be, we need to act on it now. Otherwise, no, it's a today problem, but we don't feel the pain for a couple of years. That's now probably the bigger thing. Now it's pretty rare that we have a topic that's holistic and that applies to everybody. This topic yep. is really interesting because prospective tenants could have rents unachievable and out of control. Uh, yes. Landlords could have rents going up. Per, sell, people that own property could have their prices going up, but they can't upgrade because they can't afford it. Um, per, first home buyers can't afford to get in the market. So the big question on this topic is affordability. We're really messing and meddling with affordability when we are not putting a consistent pipe into Sydney for building. People don't think about it because they think they don't think ahead. They don't think of they think, oh, we're lining developers' pockets or councils are being a bit optimistic in in, in allowing more yeah. building. But it's not that at all. It's affordability. Hundred percent. And I think what we said in the the comments was like your average Joe, as much as we can say there's the factors of um, the banks and the builders, like why is this pipe um, why is it why is it slowed down? Who does it affect? You may people may think, oh, it's just gonna it's just a greedy developer, it doesn't bother me. But it does because if if we're we're still buying property, the population is still growing. And if we don't have new stock coming onto the market, then that's what exactly what you said. Property prices will go through the roof. I think a big thing we saw in our backyard of DY was how well we had a lot. There'd been no new units for a very long time, like 30 years we've been sitting on the same uh, density of apartments. And then over three years, we had, what, about 600 units dropped in over that time. Yep. Everyone at first was like, oh, that's too many units. But you really saw, one, people who wouldn't normally buy in the area buy into the area because there was new stock available that's not normally available. It created a new price point um, for people to buy into and it allowed people to move. It gave people a reason to upsize, downsize, move from older unit. And that's big. Property that's cross that's cross stimulating different sectors of the market. So people don't yeah. realize that when you develop a two bedroom unit, you're actually giving accommodation to someone for a house because grandma sells the house to a young couple 
So now they've got an, suddenly that's a bit more. Now there's more houses being dropped into the grid because grandma's moving into a two bedroom unit. So people think who the hell wants a two bedroom unit? But people have got to understand that cross pollinates all the other sectors of, of categories of properties, studios, two bedders, three bedders, penthouses, townhouses, even new subdivisions. It all cross pollinates when you drop in new, new property. Yeah, and also that chain reaction. If people aren't buying, selling, there's no, there's no stamp duty for the government. There's no, there's no lawyers being stimulated. The agents, like, it's just like our our wealth of Australia. There's so much to do relying on property. And if we're not having the new stock come on, property prices go up, are going to go up. It means affordability, which is probably the biggest thing um, that's going to hit the area, is the affordability. Like, can you imagine if DY? We, we know down at DY because we're a bit more familiar with it, but the principles will go everywhere. If we didn't have these new units injected, like, could you imagine the property prices of your traditional apartment? It just would have, it already grew, what, 50% DY in probably the couple of years prior to that. And it just would have kept on growing and growing. Look, you could also argue that our correction in the marketplace, if the government wanted to slow the property market down, they effectively did slow the property market down. But something that helped that take the steam out of that property market, guess what? New property. Yeah. So if there wasn't that new property being dumped in the last five years, you would have potentially had such an overheated property market, such an unaffordable property market. You see, now, get this, now a, a first-home buyer can buy a one-bedroom unit in parts of Sydney. Most, I think, uh, most of most parts of Sydney. Certainly not the east, but definitely north, northern beaches and most parts of Sydney. Five hundred grand, five hundred yeah. grand at a three percent interest rate is fifteen grand a year. Fifteen grand a year is three hundred a week, guys. Three hundred a week to buy my first property and to live in that property. That's bloody cheap. So yep. because the market's peeled back 10 or 20% in a lot of Sydney, it's actually made it 20% more affordable in terms of the capital of the property. Then what we've had is the rental, the interest rates come down to half. It's so affordable now for people to get into property. And that's because new properties being, has been dumped yeah. into the market. But all that's at risk if we're not getting approvals through and new property is going to come back on the market. So we, we, we're, going to get, we're going to get through this period. And then in another two years, if there's no more new properties, then it's just going to do the reverse. Property prices will go back and, up. It won't become affordable. And it's yep. just that cycle. So it's almost like you take with one hand and you got to give. So we've got to be even though things are more affordable at the moment, if we, by looking at the approvals down 40%, that's huge. And I think population growth is probably up significant. I don't know that I can probably get the stat. Christian Stevens generally has some good stats on the population well, think, growth. It's I think that's a, a that's, a, that's a good one. You know, do we need more properties? No. Um, in terms of you and in terms of me and our parents and our, and our, yeah. and our, and our relatives. But suddenly when you start introducing hundreds of thousands of people into Sydney every year, of course you have to have new property. If mm. you don't actually have those houses matched for those people that are coming, that are coming in, those people are going to directly compete against you and I, which yeah. are those immigrants that are coming into Sydney are going to compete. If they're going to compete, they're going to pay more. If they're going to pay more, everything gets more expensive. So, 
there's got to be a certain amount of flow. I think Sydney normally normally knocks in about sixty to eighty thousand properties per year. If that goes down to twenty or thirty thousand, um, it's going to put a lot of pressure on pricing. So, and we haven't even talked about jobs. Yeah, we haven't. Even, that, yeah, you know, we haven't even talked about the flow-on effect because our property industry—it's so easy for us to be narrow-minded and say, "Okay, property build, buildings down by forty percent." But if you look at our industry, if you look at the pro, you take the property industry out of the marketplace, that leaves a big dent in our economy. So, what could what could stimulate it? What what triggers? Are we talking about? Do councils need to speed up their approvals? Do does the market need to go down more for developers to buy? Is it? Is there, does there need to be less red tape in the, the construction? Like, what do you, or do they need, like, what, what, what are the, what do you see that can stimulate getting these approvals up and encourage developers? Because I know Luke and I, we've been commenting a fair bit, like the amount of developers yeah. dumping stock, it's huge. Len Lease, Third Eye Group, these are big guys who don't traditionally sell. So, have, like, are they dumping because they don't see the market going well? Are they, are they dumping stuff they've made money on to buy more? Like, what's happening? What's your you thought? Know, you know, do you know what I reckon? And, and this probably, I'm talking to some of the biggest developers in Sydney. Um, and the one common strain in the fabric that, that they all have a really hard thing about is um, compliance. Yeah. Um, and, and, and at the end of the day, it is so expensive. Expensive to be so compliant in Australia, in Sydney, it becomes very, very expensive in Sydney, Australia. So what's going to happen is we're going to get more compliant. Now, Michael, everyone who's watching, what the hell happened to Sydney when we got more compliant with lockout laws? We outsnooked ourselves. We had a problem. Yeah. We didn't deal. We didn't deal with the problem properly. And we knocked our economy around really hard. We knocked it for six. The city of Sydney got knocked on its bum for nightlife. And a lot of its e-commerce at night was just deleted, right? Or it's not e-commerce, commerce, right? So yeah. what's going to happen, and I, don't, and I don't think this has been discussed yet, but I know it's on, I know it's on the radar, is all this shit building that's happening. Do we want to, if the government turns around and overreacts, and over regulates building will become expensive by another 20 or 40 percent and guess what the average joe will be paying for it yeah yeah that's the knock-on effect and that and that's the scary thing like it's if like uh good morning lisa luke maroney good points why developers dumping stock lending lending tough compliance with new building mascot it, it's, but then again, it, like, here's the, here's the advocate. A lot of the sort of taking a punt here, a lot of the compliance and issues are coming from developers trying to cut lower their costs in building to make it feasible to build. So if there's nothing wrong, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. There's nothing wrong with, yeah. There's nothing there's wrong no, with that. It's that's that that's you know it's like tax. There's nothing wrong with it. It's it's it just you you try to lower your tax because yeah. you don't want to pay it, right? So yeah. you know at the end of the day, you know we, when it, when it starts hurting people, I've got a problem with it. Um, you know when building you know with Opal and stuff like that, I've got a problem with it. But a lot of this compliance stuff, this nanny state stuff, is just yeah. absolutely screwing us. And I think. Going back to the core of what we're talking about today, why are building approvals down 
I think, you know, we've got to be really careful about this topic and I think we've got to handle it really in a clever way. Um, and, and look, I, I get that we are a glorified fruit shop on the corner of DY calling, and we call ourselves a real estate agency. We're not going to really make a change, but we're the, we're the guys towing the line at, at the end of the line and um, I, I can see the problem a mile away. Yeah, and as you did touch on it before, like that buyer perception of new stock has really been smeared. So is that why some of the big guys have dumped you say smeared? smeared. <laughs> is that different? To, that's different to smeared and smeared. Smeared, <laughs> smeared. That's a, is that a Jewish word? Obvious. Wow. <laughs> wow, you're, try, you're throwing out some, you know, nice yeah. little... It's very Euro. Yeah, I like it. I don't know I how subtitles will work with that one. I'm going to smear. Smear. Oh, don't smear it. Um, it's like that, that whole, it's probably the developing world or new constructions probably never had, well, probably I wouldn't say never, but it's probably got a bad taste in everybody's mouth. So maybe that's why a lot of the big guys are dumping stock. They just see, they don't see that changing anytime soon which would be a shame or they've got wind of some really big compliance changes happening i know even even on the ground um here in some retail shops compliance now for doing a fit out for a cafe it's like doubled the fit out cost and that's affecting your average joe and that's where we we're going with this we're not crying poor for developers or anything like that it's the end of the day it starts with them and it affects the average joe so with all this compliance, if it goes too crazy, people won't be able to open up a cafe because the fit out's gone from 60 grand to 200 grand. And that's just to do the same shit they're doing last year, but the compliance that's the, the problem. red tape. That's, that's the, problem. the problem. And if new it's, builds it's, aren't happening, a, a unit's gonna be 500 grand, now gonna be 800,000. Because remember, look at how our visas are. Population's growing, tourism and um, immigration is growing. And our visas basically say they want them to buy property. And I believe it's, it even says new property as well. So they're going to be competing from that. So you're going to have, it's just going to make it very, very hard and competitive for your average Joe or Australian here. I very think that's interesting. the bigger issue. Very, very interesting, guys. And you know what? I think the first thing, when, when guys, for our viewers that are watching today, I think when we're conscious about this, these, these things that we're touching on, I think you're halfway there. But I think when it's yeah. when it's unconscionable and we get three or four down the track, we don't have a pipe of building. Compliance is off the charts. It's very expensive to build. Um, property price. No one's giving out money. Then we, then I get that the, that the changes start happening, and then. But I, I just don't think it should be an overreaction um, mm. from people. I think that's really really risky to be five years down the track and trying to do something because. As I said before, it's a 36-month pipe or it's a 48-month pipe. By the time a developer buys the property, procures the property, gets property through council, gets the property built, gets the property compliant and, and sold and people move in, it can be a 48-month pipe. So uh, that's where we're heading at the moment if we don't change uh, if we make well, a change almost, in 48 months, then we're really screwed because we're still going to wait 48 months. It's almost the opposite, like the government not to do something, but they need to do something to overreact. Like, it's almost like they need to do something to encourage. It's down 40%. Like, how much worse can it get? Like, if you look at um, the the Royal Commission, how that had that basically put a lot of the market on hold for 12 months and it had, it had an effect to slow down the market. Like, even just the fear and all this new compliance that may be coming in and the Opal Towers, like 
it's 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 dropped forty percent. So we don't need anything to slow it down. We need some a good positive movement forward. I, th I think an easy one's probably lending. What would be the fastest way to stimulate that through? Um, would probably be lending, opening money up for developers. Is it the right thing? I don't know. What's your thoughts? I suppose if we oh, need those I, approvals up, I give them money a bit easier. Probably lending's one, um, and I and I think number two is compliance. Um, is 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 two. Um, that compliance is a really hard tackle for the for them to topic to topic yeah. for them to tackle. Um, given what given stuff like the Opal stuff that's going on, and funding's a really hard hard one for them to tackle. Um, I think the council council's still pretty tough in in, in in what it does, but again that ties back to compliance. Yeah. Um, but you know what's really interesting, guys? I never really cared about building approvals. I, I didn't really think it affected me in DY, uh, in the Northern Beaches. But I've always I've always noticed um, the media harping on building approvals, and now mm. it sort of makes sense. It starts to crystallise. Now we're like, well, okay, I get it. I get it but now. Also, uh, we just had a really good effect of how well it can stimulate an area. Look at DY building approvals because. DY didn't have new buildings up until the last five years or enough to really make an impact. Now yes. we've had the Meriton, the Carlisle, the Osprey. We've just seen a basically a suburb reborn. So I think we're probably at the ground seeing it and quite passionate about it because we've just seen the benefit of buildings, building approvals and the tenants. People moving in absolutely love the good quality, the new buildings, good quality and that town centre built. So to hear and, that they're know, down will mean other yeah. areas won't get this. And you know what we've done, person by person, piece by piece, unit by unit, we have converted hundreds of people's, which would then be converted to thousands, hundreds of people's attitudes towards our suburb. Hundreds and yeah. hundreds and hundreds. Like this was a suburb that people going, thank you, but no, thank you. And as a real estate agent, would you consider buying in DY? Thank you, but no, thank you. We've got so many no thank yous. And we've said to the guys, look, we just want to show you this place in Meriton or we just want yeah. to show you this place in Carlisle. Just have a look. Now they've moved in. They bloody love it. So that's the end of the pipe. The beginning of the pipe is getting the approvals in to start gentrifying these suburbs and beautifying these suburbs. Well, we look at DY. Brookvale's Brook Brook the next one. Yeah, is the next one. Look at DY. I think there's probably... There's only two DA, two real DA approved, well, one DA across the road from us, 76 units. Yep. Um, so that's probably, that's probably the closest thing if it gets built now. And then the other one in Oaks, it's not even approved. It's in the pipe. Like that's only a hundred units, really 150 units over the next three years going to be built. So it's, it's not much in an area with eight and a half thousand. Very interesting. So we got any questions from our viewers, Michael? Uh, Luke, building, building costs to increase might not take viable development in the next two years. Yeah, building costs, a lot of it comes with the compliance, the land vows, also the adjustment. I think um, it's always hard to purchase sites when with land acquisition um, when you don't know what the GR value is. You look at what you can build and when it can be quite, uh, it can vary from 10, 20% of the GR, it's pretty big. Northern beaches to boom in the next three plus years, 100%. And that's that goes off the back of Brookvale as well, Luke. So Brookvale, then what are what Monavale as well um, is earmarked, and then Ingleside eventually as well. I did a, a poll on that on my Insta, going should it be developed? I think it was about 80% said yes. 
Um, but we've had two large big developers pull out, Sunland and someone else who had, I believe, hundreds of million dollars of land holding. Like, it's, um, it makes it tough French's for an forest. area. Same as French's Forest. So that comes off where would the money, where would you build a high rise in Sydney now? So does that mean in the area or is that rhetorical? Uh, where would you build a high rise I, in Sydney? I now? reckon, I reckon, um, <laughs> follow the richest man in Australia. Harry. <laughs> DY, yeah. another one. <laughs> yeah. Kidding. I think Bye. if you look at, if you look at um, one Harry Triggerboff, um, Meriton owner, uh, and look at his, his philosophy, I think he, he builds for the masses. Um, and I think he, um, he loves to stick yep. to his, um, train lines. Um, and he loves to stick to, yes. um, uh, to, to, un, un, undeveloped CBD, uh, undeveloped, um, sort of CBDs almost. Um, and then, um, and then off he goes. So pa Parramatta is his latest big one that he's tackled. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, stories. I, you know, I'll what? Have, have a look where he's going. And look, I don't know if that, what that, I don't know where that the motivation, that question that's come through, but certainly um, for Australia's biggest developer, he knows how to make money and that's where he's gone. You know what I'd love to see, Mark, even though the sale market may not be there in question at the, like for the property market, I would love to see an incentive for develop from maybe from the banks or the government for developers to continue building, but the build to rent model. Um, so make an encouragement where, because the Go issue work. is, Something, but the issue is if they if a developer can't get funding if they can't sell them. But if there's some sort of other criteria that w the government or a bank will fund that building if it's built to rent because they know that it's going to get rented really easy. Like we did 40 units basically before a building settled, Carlisle before it settled. The demand for renting at the moment is huge, but a lot of the um, equations when they're going to lend money is obviously if they can get the pre sales. But if there's some sort of avenue, because we still want new construction to be built, even if it's not being built to sell it straight away, build it to rent it. And then maybe when the, when the market picks up or is a bit more stable, then they can do it there. So I'd love to see a shift, but not just go under the boarding house or lo like, I mean, build, basically build a building that you would, that you'd start it, sell it off, but different sort of um, looking at it from different eyes to rent. Because as we said, it's going to affect the average Joe who needs to pay for the higher rents if new buildings aren't being built. We saw it with Carlisle, DY, hadn't had new buildings for a very long time and the rents they were getting in there were phenomenal. So, yeah. and if that wasn't, if that did, weren't being built, then they're just going to get higher. So, yeah. but yeah, I think you're almost here, Mark. You're going to join me from my end now. Ah. <laughs> uh -huh. This is going to be a first. Oh, just because you, just because we spoke so much today, it's just out of control. Yeah. Look, where is it? We've got look the here it is. Yeah. There hey. it is. Hey, hey, how are you, Ron? Oh, look at that. Oh, wow. Everywhere. There you go. There. I'm there. I'm everywhere. Oh my Where'd god. Where'd you go? This is crazy. This is normally a this is normally a conference that's um, but now it's. So, so you get like one, two, three, four cameras, yeah, three setup. headphones. Let me show the other end. Well, that's, yeah. No, I don't even know what I'm doing, but that's us. One, that's two, three, boat. four screens. So that? It's pretty hectic. Hectic. Have a great day. Alrighty, guys. Enjoy your Saturday. Thanks for tuning in. See you, Bye. Hang on. We're still on Zoom. Hang on.